So what is John's excuse whenever he was totally drunk as fuck as the first time he was on? He just didn't think we were going to talk that long. He was like, I was following Dan on how many drinks I could have. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. <laughs> I was like, John, I can't, I'm not saying that I could drink you under the table. He goes, here's the problem with you. I've seen it on the podcast. As soon as you start talking about something negative about a band, you sober up like a priest on Sunday. Wait a minute. What did you say about Zayo? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Scott Melinger came out of nowhere with a machete. Holy crap. Jeff grew a shark on his asshole and then got attacked by Scott Melinger. <laughs> You should buy a lottery ticket if your odds are that good. <laughs> and if your odds are really that good, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. And we're talking about Disturbed. Disturbed. What? Ah, ah. <coughs> uh, sorry, excuse me. This is a special episode. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was requested and backed financially by... A Mr. Sonny Pooney, who paid $35 towards discography discussion being at Rock and Pod Expo 2 in Nashville, Tennessee. We will see Sonny there. We will talk. He'll tell us how much he agreed or disagreed with our review of Disturbed. Oh. But regardless, he's walking out of there with a discography discussion hand painted beer glass. Love you, man, but I'm just forewarning you. <laughs> yeah, this, this may not go the way you think it's going to go. <laughs> See, this is why Dan doesn't tell me until after the fact that it's because this is a, I didn't realize it was a sponsored episode until now because I um, yeah, let's just to say I used to be a big fan and I'm not anymore. Well, let's get into that, shall we? Sure. We can go right ahead. Well, before we do that, we've got a few things we got to get to. We don't have to. I think Joe has to. We're just following the format, bro. But before we start following the format, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. If you if we're your favorite podcast, leave us a five-star review. If we're not your favorite podcast, I don't know, leave us whatever kind of review you think we deserve. We're not asking for reviews because we get paid a bunch of money every single time you give us a review. If you do want to send us a bunch of money, you can do that, too. <laughs> but no, seriously. Where can they send us a bunch of money, Dan? Uh, you can send it to uh, patreon.com slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. We really do. Uh, we've got a hidden podcast. I'm going to be doing another hidden podcast on top of that one. And uh, there's lots of love there. We appreciate everybody that has given to our Patreon. But you know what? You don't have to give us your money. A podcast is free, and we're totally cool with that. But if you love us, send us a send us a five star review. If you don't love us, tell us why. Constructively criticize, and we will listen. We got a tweet from AC Alt One on Twitter. It's in regards to episode seventy two, non point with Rob Rivera. Oh boy, this is officially my favorite episode. Non point is to me what Zayo is to Dan, or Sunny Day Real Estate is to Jeff. <laughs> to make it sweeter, you had their founding drummer on the show. Merry fucking Christmas to me. You're welcome, sir. Christmas comes in July. Speaking of that, we had a Patreon review go up last week about the new Hope's Fall record, Arbiter. Oh, yeah. So Dan was happy. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. 
Yeah, I think he was... One dollar, you can listen to me talk about how much I love it. He was a little excited. Yeah, that, that dollar is going to go a very long way because I think Dan probably could have gone on another two hours or so. You got to pay $500 to get the extended, extended edition. <laughs> That's the one that comes with postcards. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, if it's the $500 edition, isn't that whenever you show up at their door because you they bought you... With a, the a, Hope's a Fall ticket. record? Yeah, yeah. With, yeah, and you'll you'll talk to them in person. Should I, if, instead of a Gene Simmons vault, should we start doing a Dan Terry vault? There we go. Where I just show up at your, for $500, I'll show up at your house and discuss metal. Well, it depends on where they're at. Don't do that. It's a, it's a ripoff. I'm going to drink all your beer and eat all your food, and you're not going to feel good at the end of any of it. So That's because you can drink anybody under the table. That's just why. about. <laughs> just about. Just ask John Beatty. Yep. Hashtag life goals. <laughs> God, don't you hate it when people say the word hashtag out loud? Oh, it's the worst. Pound sign. Pound sign. <laughs> so, Dan, tell me about Disturbed. Oh, my God, man. Disturbed is the greatest band ever. Did you hear that Sound of Silence cover? Oh, my gosh. It sounds better than Simon and Garfunkel. Well, that's The only true, band that's better than Disturbed is Nickelback. Nickelback. Whoa, sorry. Freudian slip. Disturbed is a band that debuted in 2000, right in the midst of the new metal scene, with an album called The Sickness, which I think is really what popularized the band and has some of their hottest singles on it that have continued to be hot singles to this day. Yes, agreed. Including wonderful songs like Down With The Sickness. Voices. And Voices, yep. And Stupefy. Stupefy. <laughs> they can do covers better than most rock bands out there. They absolutely can. And they even on the first record, there's a... Uh, Shout 2000. Shout 2000, baby. Which is really good. And I'm a Two for Fears fan, so when I heard this the first time, I was like, yes! I love it. So when's the first time you guys heard Disturbed? 2000. Dracula 2000 soundtrack. Okay, so you heard that unreleased song. Yes, I did. Very nice. That's actually the first time I heard Taproot as well. Man, the Dracula 2000 soundtrack was good. Hey, man, it had System of a Down on it. It had uh, Taproot. It had Slayer when Slayer was new metal. Yeah, I heard them the first time on the radio, just our local like alt-rock station. And um, the first song I heard was Stupefy which was the first single released. And, uh, man, I dug it. Uh, man, catchy hook right off the top. I mean, that song is addictive as fuck. Yeah, it is. Like, just the screams and the fact that it's, like, almost probably the first time anybody heard somebody say fuck on the radio. For years. For years until they realized that, oh, I think he's actually saying fuck. Yeah, the first time I heard them, I was actually uh, running a uh, CD store in the middle of nowhere called Emporia, Kansas, and the store was called Carol's Music and Books. And I got to listen to this a couple weeks before it was actually released. That was kind of one of the perks of the job is I got to hear stuff, you know, before it was available without uh, having to illegally download it on, like, BearShare. Which would have taken forever back then. Oh, my gosh, yes. It was very, 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 very slow. Yeah, so this this band was extremely notable for the fact that their lead singer, Howie Mandel, oh, sorry, uh, David Draymond, had a really rough vocal delivery. It was kind of like your your, your harsh butt rock sound, but metalized or metallicized or whatever you want to call it. He may or may not need the Heimlich Maneuver. Absolutely. He sounds like he's choking half the time, and that's part of the enjoyment for me. I don't know about you guys. Ah! It's fun. It's different. At least back then for like mainstream 
you know, radio. Hearing this on on the radio was, you know, kind of a big deal. Well, what was great about this too is not only did he have a really cool harsh vocal, you know, um, his he he kind of shouts and then does his growl, you know, hockalooky thing, and for some reason that's really enjoyable. But man, even on this album, his cleans are exceptional. Yeah, the dude's a freak of nature. I mean, you may you do, you don't have to like their music. But you have to give this guy some crazy respect for his vocals. He's just, he's unbelievable. He's got a crazy range on top of it too, which, you know, helps quite a bit. But this was a, this was a great album back then. I would have to say that there's certain songs that haven't aged well, but collectively, I still love this album. What song didn't age well, Jeff? Oh, come on. Which one? Are you really going to make me go there? Which one do you think? Dropping plates. Oh man! <laughs> oh god, that's so terrible. Dropping plates is like <laughs> it's either the highlight of the album for you, or it's. Whew, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I did tell Jeff before we went on air that you know that this is actually kind of the most awesome song on the CD. It's certainly the most unique, and they did. You know, at one point he's like, "They said it couldn't be done," and I could not agree more. <laughs> I think what they meant to say was it should not be done. I should never hear the words disturbed in the house. I mean, the bass drum kick that'll blow out your eyes. I mean, damn. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, right? And, but I mean, this album is interesting too, because this was kind of disturbs, you know, introduction to the world. And they were playing a style that was heavily popular at the time dare we say new metal i know we're in the wrong month but the thing is is that this record was super new metal like i mean it was it was textbook and it's weird when i was listening to it this time around that i really didn't realize how much they borrowed from corn they have a better singer but i mean musically i hear a lot of corn i hear a little bit of deftones hear a little bit of lip biscuit and uh it's funny now listening to david draymond kind of distance himself revis- from- yeah revise history a little bit and be like oh yeah we never rapped it was spoken and word. I agree I mean I agree <laughs> you didn't rap that is for sure uh, you tried to though <laughs> and didn't do a very good job <laughs> yeah bringing you another disturbing creation you know like man Whew. you know for me the highlight is probably the outside of dropping plates is probably the cheesiest part of the entire album with the part where he kills his mom. Yeah. When I heard that as a kid, or not really a kid, I mean, I was, you know, I was a 53. Yeah. But when I was younger and I heard that, I was like, oh, shit, this is great. Because I, I love that stuff. And when, you know, a little bit more morbidity finds its way into mainstream music, I, I kind of have fun with it, you know, and kind of laugh at it because, you know, everything is so bleached, white, boring shit. And, you know, just have somebody just kind of you know, muck it up a little bit, you know, get a little bit of dirt and grime on, on those nice, pretty whites. I I totally dig it. I don't know, man. I mean, if you, if you were talking to an individual that raps for a living, I think that they would say that this is pretty bleached white. Oh, well, uh, I, so oh, anyway, shit. moving I, on. I didn't mean it from a rap I know. perspective. I just, yeah, and you're right. You know, as far as like uh, R&B hip hop culture, there's considerably more grit but for like mainstream rock music, it is so vanilla and plain and boring. 
And this was something that, you know, kind of pushed the barriers up a little bit. And I I liked that. I, I, I like it whenever something gets as popular as this. And it was at that time outside the box. You know, looking back, you know, there's plenty of new metal. But, you know, that was, you know, quote unquote tough or whatever you want to call it back then. You know, they thought they were dude bros and all that kind of shit. But yeah, I, and I didn't get that vibe off of this. No, I didn't either. It was just, you know just a little bit on the crazy side and i like that well yeah i mean it's it's funny to me that the song that has the norman bates complex is like one of the biggest rock singles of all time i mean down with the sickness is undeniably one of the most played songs ever and it's funny that it's got this part in it i mean granted there's an edit that removes all of it and um i think that's the version most people have heard but it's like you go by the album and you're listening to this like, Mommy, don't do it again. I'll be a good boy. Like, it's it's weird and, like, kind of funny that, like, it's so, like, I, I know it is part of the album, so it's, like, familiar to me now. But, like, when you really look at the content of it, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this is crazy. And what I liked about this record, too, is that they were, you know, they kind of came off a little evil yeah, on and this one. And, like, the name Disturbed really applied on this record specifically you know they they talk about you know voice you know hearing voices on the first song um you know the game is about i guess you know well don't ever lie to draymond or he's gonna kill you and bury you in his backyard <laughs> you know he's got a song on there called violence fetish i mean that speaks for itself this record is so interesting to me because it is so vastly different is it really the different band was though go. uh Yes. Is it really different, though? From their, the rest of their discography? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. I think this is the only album where they come across like this. So everything that you said about them kind of playing a familiar style, yeah, yeah it was familiar, but I don't think it's new metal. There really? is a familiarity in what they're doing, but it's not what a lot of people compare them to, in my opinion. And they will show their colors later. Because when I first heard this band, I I liked it. It was fun. It was, like you said, a evil kind of metal rock thing. But not like Static X, where we're just trying to be intense evil, but we're failing miserably at it. I heard something familiar the first time I heard this band. And I could not figure out what it was. There was a tonality in the delivery the syncopation in the way they perform was a very nine inch nails influenced thing in the year 2000 but that was all left over from the 80s how many new wave bands jeff did the syncopated thing all of them so i think if you really sit down and listen to disturbed as a whole you're going to start to hear more and more classic rock. Spoiler alert, Sound of Silence. You're going to hear 80s. Spoiler alert, Land of Confusion. Shout 2000. Well, there's just a couple of things about the sickness, though. The band comes off as evil sounding. You know, they, they do sound very disturbed, like these got some serious issues. And uh, that was one of the most enjoyable parts about it, because this is the kind of music that pisses your parents off. Like 100%. You know, it's the uh, the same effect that Papa Roach had with, uh, what was that song called? 
Broken Home? Not Broken Home. Between Angels and Insects? N- well, that was a good one, but uh, no, I was thinking the, the big single. What's it? Last Resort. You know, the Cut My Life Into Pizzas, you know, that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right lyrics, right? Okay. So, like, that was it. Like, that that was, it had the same effect, I think, Down With The Sickness, especially. God, I'm having such brain farts. Uh, yeah, these guys in, I guess, Godsmack were kind of like the uh, like the new bad boys in the early 2000s. Because I, I think, uh, it didn't that uh, come out for Godsmack? Wasn't that 2000 or 2001 as well? Yeah, I mean, Godsmack definitely you know they were the ones riding the motorcycle i like the fact that there was you know a little bit of you know bad boy image starting to make its way back into the the mainstream for for rock well the year 2000 was awake for godsmack yeah that was it oh my god that was a great album back then it's another one that probably hasn't aged the greatest but for absolutely not their self-titled is way better yeah but for the time it was you know it was pretty badass well like you said rock was trying to make a comeback yeah and get past that new metal thing and there are aspects of this record that are new metal but the majority of it is it's just rock it's hiding it's the wolf in sheep's clothing it's hiding amongst the new metal but this would not be new metal very long yeah i mean i guess if godsmack was riding the motorcycle then disturbed was driving mom's station wagon but like mom's dead in the back of the station wagon (laughs) right like that's What's that smell? Uh, don't worry about it. Ah, ah. Sorry, I've been doing that for days now. I don't know why. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so let's move on to uh, 2002's Believe. Great songs, the weakest production in their career. Yeah. Talk about a record that needs a remaster in 2018. It's this one. This is the template for what I keep talking about with these records that were recorded in the mid, early to mid-2000s where they hadn't figured out how to record and master digital music yet and everything sounds thin. This is the template that I use. How do you go from the sickness to this and say, okay, that's better? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the Dan, quality Dan, control, I don't know. Dan comes back to the studio with the cassette in his hand like, nah, dude, take another shot at it. Hey, don't tell people I was still listening to cassettes in 2002. I didn't say not, 2008. That's not cool. I I actually like this album quite a bit. I even uh, I bought the special edition and got the fancy schmancy beanie. Do you still have that beanie? Oh, I do. Jeff. I actually I almost brought it, but it's so damn hot today. It just decided not to because <laughs> I it's miserable out there. But well, you can't wear a beanie when you feel like shit, right, Jeff? Yeah, well, maybe I should. <laughs> I haven't worn a beanie in like 12 years. Oh, dude, I'm a beanie junkie. You know you're sick when you're wearing a hoodie and a beanie in the middle of the summer. It's 101 degrees outside <laughs> every day. <laughs> it has been lately. It's insane. And it, and it's not just the Midwest. I think all of, all the U.S. has had pretty shitty weather lately. But I really actually I like this album. Yeah, production could definitely be better. But I like the fact that uh, we really got to see that Dave's got some straight-up pipes, man. Uh, the, the the guy it can really sing, and it's not just the you know the gimmicky you know weird noises that he likes to make on uh, the sickness. You actually get to hear him straight up singing, and I I loved it. I once in a drunken stupor told Dan that prayer was the most 
impactful video I'd ever seen. Well, okay. <laughs> wow. This is this is post 9/11 disturbed. Yeah, you couldn't be negative in 2002 if you wanted your record to sell. I'm just being straight with everyone. Right. It was they're a trying thing. To, they're trying to cash in on that hopeful um on that hopeful POD thing that was coming. I mean, POD, you know, releasing releasing satellite on September 11th, 2001, you know. They did it. But Disturbed, coming along in 2002, I remember this video being kind of, uh, for prayer especially, being um, really like they're in a city that's being destroyed and stuff, and that's that was actually a pretty ballsy move. And, you know, like Draymond's walking down the street, you know, singing the songs and the band's there, and it's kind of a weird early 2000s video, but I, I could see the point they were trying to make. What was interesting to me about this record, too, was kind of the religious content or the non or the unreligious content, so to speak. So they they weren't taking a Slayer approach at all with saying fuck religion and, and all that. This is almost like Draymond took a comparative religions class in, you know, metal college. I don't know. I don't know if that's <laughs> hey, Dan, thing. how was your first Wait, day of metal college? Oh, it was rough, man. The dudes from Motorhead just, you know, kept giving me swirlies. <laughs> it's pretty rough. I guess it ought to be brought up then, but I don't think uh, Draymond even completed high school. He was a he dropped out for this. Hey, now you you can't say that about Draymond because according to him, yeah, I he's mean, the he's the smartest man ever. So smart, according to his musical output. Did he take down Napster? Uh, no, he did not. I believe we have a contender. Right. <laughs> the album cover was interesting because it was every religious symbol combined into one, and the point that they were trying to make is that a lot of the suffering and pain that takes place in the world is a result of people's religious beliefs taken too far. Which, in a post-9-11 world, is a really good point to make. Yes, I this agree This album that. was about unity, right? It was, to an extent. It was uh, It was definitely a uh, expand your mind. There's literally a part in the album where he says, hey, motherfucker, don't you, won't you open up your mind? Liberate your mind. Oh, liberate yeah, your mind. mind. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, motherfucker, won't you liberate your mind? Yeah, yeah considering the name of the He says it like 400 times, yeah. but yeah. And that was pretty powerful. To go back to prayer for a second, though, one of the things that I liked about that record, too, or that song, rather, was his vocal delivery, how he actually made the ah, ah stuff pretty cool. Uh, he would He would scream it at the end of a line. And it was cool. And at one point, he even like bridges it for a second, and it sounds awesome. Like it is the closest thing you're going to get to extreme metal vocal on a Disturbed album. I used to always say that too. I was like, man, if he screamed like that all the time, he could front a metalcore band or you know a death metal band or something. Yeah, and all day long too. Yeah, because the crazy thing with him when I when he's doing it, it's like he's not even trying. Well, he used to try really hard, and I think that there was some actual vocal damage that took place. Oh, really? Yeah, he actually had to have some work done. Oh. And like all great metal singers, he took lessons and learned how to sing properly and found that he could still do that thing that he likes to do and that he's known for. Right. Yeah, he definitely recovered from that, clearly. (laughs) And I just think it was really interesting how that all played together and this is a totally different disturbed and this is this is where it started for me though feeling that the band was a bit thematically inconsistent and what i mean by that is that you have the first album we talked about how disturbed they're disturbed it's evil it's scary it's 
all of these things that your parents don't want you to listen to. And then they released this somewhat positive record right after that. And now they're philosophers, but they're not, you know, this like, is this the same band that was like, no, mommy, don't do it again. Don't do it again. I'll be a good boy. And now we're talking about like comparative religion. Well, you can hold that against them in 2002. Realistically, everybody that was an American band, especially, were writing positive music. Everybody was doing it. And I don't think it damages them or removes their credibility. In hindsight, would you really want to be the band in 2002 that wasn't putting out a positive record? Don't talk about Power Man 5000 like that. (laughs) (laughs) Did the power go out? Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I was making a smoothie. What happened? Where's Jeff? Hell if I know. Sorry, guys. I kind of dropped a bomb. Oh, God. Damn it, Jeff. (laughs) You gotta go. You gotta go. Fuck all. Let's try that again. Discography discussion will be back momentarily. I think this record was different, and I think it definitely was a huge departure musically, and it was a good direction for the band. Yeah, this was an inclination of what was to come. This was probably one of my favorites. I mean, I, like I said, I bought the uh, special edition, got the beanie and the fancy faux leather cover and... But it, it just, just didn't uh, didn't sell. Do you think that that was just because people were clamoring for the sickness part two? Yeah, I think so. I mean, people they're like, "Wow, it's this crazy band, and we're gonna get some more crazy stuff." And it was way toned down. It's like, hey, let's be serious for a second. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it. They're still pretty much the same band. I mean, we what we go into, ten thousand fists, is next. And it's uh, better production quality. I know that'll make Joe happy. This is the album that taught me why I like Disturbed so much. This is actually my favorite record. Really? You remember earlier when I talked about syncopation and how their style to a 90s kid or an early 2000s kid would kind of remind you of a Static X or a Nine Inch Nails? But new wave bands in the 80s were doing that syncopation thing because of the electronics. So one of the bands that I'm personally a fan of is Genesis. Phil Collins. It's it's all good. And I didn't realize that this band had Genesis qualities. Syncopation the vocal style, the way the instrumentation is thrown together until I heard their cover of Land of Confusion. I was listening to this album being critical of the single because okay, it sounds better than Believe. Believe was severely lacking in the production department. It sounded like a record that was recorded and mixed in the early to mid 2000s. This was a little better. And then by the time I got to Land of Confusion... I heard what I'd been hearing this whole time. It was that Phil Collins Genesis delivery. That instrumentation that, to put it as plainly as I can, that Phil Collins and Genesis are made fun of for. But everybody buys their albums. 
and I heard that in Disturbed this whole time. Yeah, for me, Land of Confusion makes this album. I mean, it is this album, personally, for me. It, it's definitely the, the high mark. I liked the original. Genesis had this crazy music video back in the 80s with these weird-ass puppet things that was kind of like almost kind of freaky uh, if you're a kid watching it you know you kind of get like the the chucky kind of vibe you're like i was thinking garbage pail kids but okay well yeah but i mean it, <laughs> when you see them move around in, in the music video because i don't know if you've seen the music video or not but it's just that whole like eeriness of a puppet like coming to life and freaking you out uncanny valley yeah that's exactly what was going on in this that music video and it was uh it scared a lot of kids back in the 80s because it was just so freaky and then you know fast forward so when is this 2002 2005 wow i'm off by three years 2005 one of the best music videos ever it's Todd McFarlane animation kind of stuff. So if you like Spawn kind of shit, this music video is for you. It is fan-fucking-tastic. And the music, it's great. I, th- this is, to me, whenever Disturbed stops being known as the Sickness Band, and they are now the best cover band on the face of the earth <laughs> because they that's really after the sickness what they get known for is their covers their covers is what sells crazy amounts of music for them you know and yes they did shout 2000 before this but this is like this was the biggest hit on this out al- on this album and it's not going to be the last time where the cover is the biggest hit on the album well, I think that this record had more of a classic rock influence on it. A little bit more arena rock, a little bit less new metal. I mean, Believe was kind of not really new metal either. It definitely flexed that rock muscle. And this record just kind of continues that for me. It's a little bit more soloy, it's a little bit more classic rock. You know, and it sounds good. The the production quality is very much stepped up from Believe and it was just kind of their really big record. It's kind of like Joe when we were talking about Nonpoint you know, uh, you go from development to recoil you know, it's not that development was a terrible record but it just kind of lacked something that was very integral to the sound of the band and I think that on 10,000 Fists, we had the same thing with Disturbed, it was kind of like their recoil this is everything that makes them what they are brought to fruition. It has the electronics, not as much as the sickness, but a hell of a lot more than believe. So you have the balance of the classic rock and the hard rock and the 80s. The influences are showing. And I can't really explain why Land of Confusion shows it so much. I know I'm going back to that, but once you hear this band play a Genesis song, you hear the Genesis in Disturbed, and that's one of my favorite things about them. I appreciated the return to more personalized lyrics that weren't so metaphysical like it was on Believe, because that record's a little hard for the average person to get into because you can't relate to half the shit that they were singing about on Believe. Especially, like, if you're only, you know, understanding of one religion out of the 800 they talked about on that record. 
I think that you know this was more personable this was more relatable and you know they they definitely took a little bit more of the hookiness from the sickness and brought it to this record while still kind of improving on the believe sound so i'm going to go back to a bit on the on the genesis thing that joe was tapping into a bit let it go let it go you know genesis was you know prog rock uh, especially in their early days to the max I guess that really, whenever Peter Gabriel left is really whenever they stopped being quite as weird and they became more of a mainstream band. But if you listen to a lot of the early uh, Genesis stuff, you're like, oh, it's it's Rush again with better singing. Not, I don't, I don't get the disturbed part, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. So what is Genesis commonly perceived as? Uh, I watch way too much Top Gear, so I'm going to say a prog rock band prog rock band but a band that would go on to write rock music that was very popular a la phil collins gotcha so the genesis that the majority of people know is clearly an influence on this band because of the way they use their syncopation their electronics and his delivery he has a phil collins delivery that following the beat or not following the beat or this is clearly just what Phil wanted to sing today. David Draymond does the exact same thing. Okay. He borrows a lot, but since he has such a unique voice, it really works. Nobody sounds like David Draymond. And I think even though I didn't find this record to be that amazing musically, vocally, it's unparalleled. Dude's got pipes. He just sounds amazing no matter what he does. And he's infectious as all hell. Yeah, I think he could sing you the phone book and people would fucking buy the shit like like nobody's business. Disturbed presents the <laughs> phone book. 2019. <laughs> I already got my pre-order in. <laughs> on comes, vinyl. comes on 49 vinyl records. <laughs> and these hey, are actually no, no. these are actually 480 gram vinyl. Yeah, uh, hold on. This 30 is, seconds on each record. This is not Swallow the Sun. thank god oh my gosh their new album is like gonna be seven hours long they they actually they're like they were dropping band members like flies because people are like this is ridiculous so uh you know we'll let jeff do the patreon episode on that one alone (laughs) yeah like 36 hours straight right moving on to indestructible this is Ten Thousand fists with more solos yep oh it's the siren is there anything more tropey in rock music than the siren? I don't know. It's not so great to listen to in the car. I always start sweating and <laughs> looking around. It's not a police siren. It's more like, it's like shit. It's, I did not want to get. I did not want to get nuked on the way to work. You know what's funny is uh, my kids just went to uh, Boy Scout summer camp, and it, we've had horrible, horrible weather here in the Midwest with some really crazy storms and all kinds of shit like that. I think most of the nations had issues with the weather, but their their uh, siren for uh, like thunderstorms and stuff for to take shelter is an old World War II raid siren. It's a fucking raid siren. Yeah, it's a raid siren. Nice. And they're like, so and it went off four times in the week, three times in one day, and it's a mile and a half trek. So like, I I, I played this the other day in the house, and my youngest is like freaking out he's like traumatized he's like oh my god i'm I'm gonna have to run a mile and a half to get the shelter (laughs) whenever he heard the song start 
it's 2008. We wrote a song about armed forces and how badass they are. We are disturbed. Uh, yeah, Thank you. It's not as bad as some of the Avenged Sevenfold stuff that was out at the same time. I mean, you they, mean everybody? Uh, I think Avenged Sevenfold was like everybody else on steroids at the time. Godsmack did one. Yeah. They did a lot, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, probably Godsmack and Avenged Sevenfold were the, the biggest perpetrators of that. But like you said, everybody had to have their own little bit of that. We are unstoppable. We are the armed forces of the United States. That is what this song is about. Yeah, didn't this get used? I mean, I know the God, uh, Godsmack song got used in... Uh, they all got used, Jeff. For commercial. At all <laughs> times, they all got used. Good Lord. To me, this record is just the last record... Again, with more solos. I mean, yep. it works out because the last record was pretty good, but there's a certain sense of, you know, same old shit that has to be taken into account here. And I feel like this was just like way so musically safe. And that, you know, is always a complaint from people. I know, I know I'm unpleasable in the sense that if they change, I'm pissed off. If they don't change at all, I'm pissed off. No matter what you do, I'm going to fucking hate you. Good night. You know, and yeah, you should try working with them. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's definitely for me not a very much of an improvement on a band that I never really found to be that amazing musically. As I've said, everyone's just here for David Draymond, and he really carries it. But even then, I feel like it's kind of starting to sound a little tired at this point. I like Indestructible. I like Inside the Fire. Inside the Fire, I'd, I'd have to to do a little research, but I think there was uh, quite a bit of personal uh, reflection for Dave Draymond in this. Do you, I know you're you're more of a lyric guy than I am, Dan. Had, had you had a chance to look into this one at all? Not really. I just didn't find the music compelling enough to care. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's just, it's kind of the same old shit with Draymond, at least since Believe, you know? He definitely, there's no songs about killing your mom on this record, which is a huge disappointment, right? But, like, I guess you only kill your mom once, right? <laughs> or unless they release a song called Stepmom, you know, the sickness part two, it coming in 2019. But I think that Pre-order this is in. record is just, I don't know, it's just kind of boring to me. It's not bad. I think people will, I think people did like it. And, I mean, obviously Disturbed is still one of the biggest bands in the world, so got to be doing something right. And the thing that they're doing right is having david draymond on lead vocals yeah and i think um because i think the thing for inside the fire now that i'm had a few seconds to think about it, i think it was actually uh, uh his, like his girlfriend committed suicide and himself you know having to struggle with the aftermath of it when he was a teenager so i mean yeah it's you know that's pretty pretty revealing stuff pretty disturbing yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he's layering, you know, but he's putting it out there. I mean, I think that's actually a good thing. You know, that's an important thing to talk about, you know, is, you know, that's one of the things that you never want to have to find out about somebody you care about is that they took their own life. That's a, that's a pretty rough thing to go through. Uh, so him putting himself out there and, and talking about it, especially with the stage that they have, because they're at this time pretty much the biggest rock band on the face of the earth. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Sorry, Metallica. At this point in time, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a passing of the torch. I mean, what, it's it's Metallica, Dave Matthews Band, and Disturbed. 
all of them have had five albums in a row that debuted at number one. I mean, kind of mind blowing to, to to put Disturbed in you know the same breath as those other two bands, considering the millions upon millions of albums that Metallica and Dave Matthews Band has sold. So it's safe though, and that's the thing that bugs me about it is that it's so safe, and yeah, it's going to sell tons of albums. I think that's fine. And I know the band doesn't give a shit what I think, but I felt like the sickness and even believe to a certain extent were kind of urgent and relevant. And I don't see the relevancy in this. Oh, the relevancy is the dollar signs. I mean, I, that's really what it is. I mean, they, they are now the carrying the commercial torch for rock slash metal music. I mean, that that is their job. So they have to put something out there that's going to have to appeal to the masses. I think they do a good job of that. You know, our, our challenge is the fact that we sit here and we listen to their entire discography in a week. I mean, granted, yes, we've heard all of their music in the past, but whenever you cram everything into one week, it's there is, as Dan has said before, there's not a whole lot of growth going on. It's, it's, it's more of the same. They become a shuffle band for me. I like Disturbed. Yo, I, do too. I mentioned the aspects of the band that I really like, but now it's more of the same. This is just the last album with more solos, and if it comes on, I'm going to listen to it, but if it doesn't come on, I'm not going to notice. Yeah, you're not crushed if you're missing out on it, it and that's probably part of my, my challenge, too, is I'm not a big fan of shuffle bands, and uh, that's exactly what Disturbed can be at times is... You know, you're not sure which song was on which album because there's a lot of similarities uh, going on. Uh, and I'm one of those guys that likes to listen, you know, cover to cover. And outside of the first couple albums, I have a hard time doing that with Disturbed. Well, and then you get into Asylum, which is kind of more of the same. A little bit more electronic elements there, but I don't know, like... I feel like they were trying to experiment on this album, but they're still disturbed, so they have to like release those songs. You know, you gotta have some ah, 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 ah on there. You've gotta have you know the the dirty clean chorus and the super smooth clean chorus. Is David Draymond singing? Yep. Yes, so we're he here. Is. So are I the drums syncopated? Well, all drums are supposed to be syncopated, Joe. Is the guitarist playing that rhythm that he plays on every album? Yeah, but isn't that the bass player's job? So it's disturbed, is what you're saying? Yes, I approve. I, it's good. It's just not amazing. It's it's maybe I'm holding it to way too high of a standard, but it's just it's more of the same shit. And I'm gonna sit here and be a hypocrite and say that's okay when Slayer does it, or Napalm Death does it, or Cannibal Corpse does it. Zayo, and Zayo doesn't do it. Fuck you. <laughs> and even to a certain extent, I'd say it, as time went on, Napalm Death changed quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely, they did. But it was a. If you go back to like the 80s and listen to like the first five or six Napalm, actually, there's a lot of. Okay, that's not a good example. But still, for some reason, it bothers me with bands like Disturbed because it's so formulaic. You know, like extreme bands, I feel like can get away with it because part of the reason why you're there is for the extremity. But in the case of a band like Disturbed, you're only really there for the vocalist. So the songs kind of just fall off of me like wet napkins. You know, like I just, um, they don't connect with me the way they really should. Like I said, Believe and The Sickness have a sense of urgency to them. 
Whereas these albums are just kind of like, it's a job. It's a job that they are extremely good at, but there's, I think, a point where it stops being artistic expression and becomes a job that happens to include elements of artistic expression. Yeah, they're the rock and metal version of, you know, a you know, pick whatever famous pop artist you want. Oh, Disturbed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, that's the pop artist I picked. <laughs> <laughs> that counts, right? Uh, they will eventually because they do go pretty poppy uh, on their their very last album, but we'll get to that eventually. We can get to it right now. I mean, does anybody have anything else to say about Asylum? It's another Disturbed album. And that's kind of be expected. It's hard uh, to do it all at once. Yeah, and we and that's kind of what I was trying to explain earlier. It's just we may have a different perspective than somebody who's you know heard an album and then they wait three years and then the next Disturbed album comes out and they're like, yes, I finally get to hear something new from Disturbed. And you're like, well, I like their style, so I want more of that style, and that's what you get. I want to meet that person. I want that person to leave a comment on this podcast and tell me what we're missing. Because what I'm hearing and have always heard is it's another Disturbed album. Dude, I really want somebody named like Disturbed Fan 666 to send us an email. <laughs> like that would absolutely make my week. You are all wrong. <laughs> oh hey, shit, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> 19 paragraphs of why we're wrong. <laughs> I want it right now on my desk. It's it's late. I want it right now. I'm, I'm there is no justification for it. I'm it's telling you, there is no desk. If we were a more mainstream podcast instead of a you know a pretty hardcore you know metal podcast podcast, I think we would we'd have a different perspective on them. It's just not our um, our daily listens is like metalcore, grindcore, you know you know melodic death metal gent you know stuff like that so this is not what we even though this is you know considerably more popular than the music than what we generally listen to it's not what we listen to so whenever we're cramming it in a week we're like wow we just heard more of the same and then more of the same more of the same it's not that we're trying to purposely you know shit on them we we did the same thing with iced earth i loved ice earth but when I listened to eight albums, well, shit, they, I think they had, what, 13 albums. But anyway. They had like 400 albums. Yeah, I mean, they had a lot. I think, all about the same thing. Yeah, it was all it was all very similar. And then I didn't realize how much they all sounded the same because I've been listening to Ice Earth for 20 years. And so it's all, you know, it, you know, spread out. But then when I listened to it all in one week, I'm like... God, this is a bunch of the same shit, and that's exactly where we're at with Disturbed. It doesn't mean that it's bad, because I, I still fucking love Ice Earth. I still love listening to Dave Draymond. It's just, it's hard to take it all in one week. That's all. Like Joe said, shuffle band. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it, but that is what it is. So when we move into Immortalize, what did the band do exactly to reinvent the wheel on this one? So we're ready for this now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Track one, Eye of the Storm. Oh, that's not right. Oh, sorry, guys. That's Blindside. Let oh, me try shit. that again. Okay, okay. That's Bullet for My Valentine. Let me Dude, try this again. On. Okay, track one. What the hell? Eye of the Storm. Wrong. Wait, is that <sighs> is, is that Godsmack? I'm, I'm not doing good here on my chat. What the hell? Is, is, that, <laughs> is that Godsmack? Okay. Let me, let me get this right. Eye of the Storm. No. 
kill switch engage. Damn it. <laughs> the hell's with this song title. 2015 immortalized. Oh, good. Oh, some noodly shit. Yay, noodly shit. I bet this is going to be like the heaviest fucking record we've ever heard from Disturbed. So the sickness. Right. So it's going to be like the sickness again, right? Well, I'll tell you this much. It's the heaviest uh, Disturbed album my mom's ever heard. Oh, damn. Your mom's heard Disturbed. <laughs> yes, she has. Well, I mean, the, the, the first actual song hits with intended aggression. I say intended because, like, all the balls are taken out of it. Yeah, this is the uh, arena rock version of that. Yep, and it's it, it should be arena rock at this point. If it's not, there's something wrong with everyone. I mean, yeah, it's the same rhythmic delivery, the cleans, the the dirty cleans. Um, was there any ah, ah, on this record? I don't know if there was. It's in there. It's, it's probably yeah. in there. It's just not a... a uh, a focal point anymore. He should have done that on the Sound of Silence. That would have freaked people out. Yeah. Well, speaking of Sound of Silence, this... Go right to the cover song. Yeah, right to the cover song because that's who they are now. They are a cover band. They are the most popular cover band in the entire fucking world, but in my opinion, they are a cover band because that's what everybody knows them as now. The Sound of Silence just transcended anything and everything that they've ever done before when this came out it was all over the radio and no i'm not talking about you know alt and rock and heavy metal radio i'm talking about top 40 pop radio i get in the car my and my that's all my wife listens to this song was always fucking on the sound of silence all the time my mom heard it and she goes oh i love this cover he has such a beautiful voice i'm like my mom's fucking her disturbed and loves it did you tell her that he wrote a song about killing his mom? <laughs> you know, like 18 years ago? <laughs> no, but I just brush over that. <laughs> I probably should have because uh, I don't think that makes them a cover band, though, Jeff. I mean, I know they're not a cover band. I know they do more than that, but that's what they're known for now. Outside of the sickness, their big hits for the most part are the cover songs. So is Johnny Cash a cover artist because he played Hurt? No, he's Johnny Cash. Yeah, but I will never compare Disturbed to Johnny Cash. Ever. The point I'm making is just because Disturbed can play other people's music very well and interesting doesn't make them a cover band. Granted, the majority of their music at this point is shuffle fodder. There's nothing wrong with that, though. The standouts are the cover songs, though. They are. They do amazing jobs of them. I don't, I don't mean it as a, as a negative. I think their covers are fucking awesome. It's the best. They are. They do it better than anybody else. And I, I mean that in a in a positive form, because there's plenty of times where you hear people do covers in flames. Oh, uh, there's my trigger word. Yeah, because I only mentioned that one is because uh, Land of Confusion, that was also done by In Flames and it was horrible. And Disturbed just 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 destroyed destroyed it it was so good and so is the well, sound it of came silence out 10 years before the inflames one but it's just saying no it didn't no it didn't they came out like the same year yeah it was about the same time no, you're right i don't know why where i got that from sorry but yeah i i understand you know i don't want to downplay everything else they're doing i'm trying to hype on how good that they are doing covers i guess because 
Old we, people like covers. Yeah, old people like covers. I mean, I'm a new wave guy, so whenever I hear somebody actually do a decent version of a new wave song, I'm checking it out. So that's just well, who, it's so weird though, like hearing your parents like Disturbed. You know, I mean, you've got a band that started off very controversially. You know, they said fuck on the radio. They had a song about killing your mom. It was so, like, weird and scary, and they're talking about violence fetishes and stuff, and they really live up to their name, Disturbed. So then it's like seeing, you know, mom listening to this song. That's the sound of silence and be like, well, this is really good. He seems like a really nice boy because he sings like fucking Jesus on the song. (laughs) And it's like, dude, come on. Like... I, like it's great, it's amazing. I can't fault the performance. The performance is amazing, but it's also kind of like back in 2000, my parents would like throw my Disturb CDs away, and now they might actually buy a Disturb song on like whatever play. It's like seeing it's like seeing your mom show up on Facebook or Instagram or something. It's just it doesn't make sense. It's weird that like 18 years later, like they've gotten to a point now where your 10 bucks isn't good enough. Now they want your mom's 10 bucks too. All right. I'm going to take that a, a step further. Even my mom shared the uh, acoustic version that he, well, I mean, it's already acoustic, but he did a late night. Sh- I forget which late late night show it was, but my mom shared the performance on Facebook and I'm like, how <laughs> It's disturbing. Yeah, exactly. That's the disturbing thing. And so they're still disturbing, but they're doing it in a sneaky way. Sometimes that's scarier than what's so, you know, than what's being completely overt. But like, what is your guys' take on releasing a cover song as a single? I fucking love it. I think it's great. It's very classy. You think it's classy? It's classy in the sense that it's very classic. There was a time where all music on the radio was an interpretation of a song somebody else wrote. There were singers and there were songwriters. And I'm talking about the early days of modern radio, 30s, 40s, 50s. There would be five different people who sang the same song five different ways. That's why they were called standards. Then we got to this point where we had singer-songwriters, which were people that sang their own music that they had written. But historically, songs have been performed by multiple people. There's nothing wrong with releasing a song that someone else wrote and gaining popularity or listenership from that. It's the safe move from the record label standpoint because here's that familiar song that everybody knows and we're going to build a fan base around it. We're going to sell thousands of records and you're going to sell merchandise and tickets to your show. I think we got to this point somewhere in the 70s or 80s where we decided that the only person that could perform a song is the person that wrote it, and that's just not practical. Did it happen again? I'm sorry, guys. I just couldn't hold it. Damn it, Jeff. Are we ever going to finish this fucking episode? Well, there's nothing left in me. I hope so. Well, after all that shit, Jeff... Final thoughts on Disturbed. Best cover band ever. <laughs> and Dave Jamin's got some good pipes. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they're bringing hard rock and sort of metal-ish to the masses. 
I mean, I do like that. It's just not uh, It's not my general cup of tea. It's not my first pick whenever I go and want to put something in. Dan, what about you? Well, the first two albums were cool. Everything else is fine. I mean, there's nothing technically wrong with it, but I don't know. I just kind of lost interest, you know, somewhere somewhere in the middle of the third album, 10,000 Fist. I just it was like, eh, whatever this band was doing for me that I thought was really cool and original, they're kind of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm good. I've had my fill of it. I think Disturbed is entertaining as hell. I enjoy listening to it, but they are a playlist band. I can sit down, press shuffle, and listen until I want to hear something else, and whatever song comes on, I'm going to be entertained. I don't think Disturbed is necessary. I don't think a band like them has to exist, but I think music today would be a little different if they weren't as popular as they are. And everybody needs to go listen. Fair enough. Jeff, what's your album of the week? Oh, Vice Regalia by The Meyer. Who? The Meyer. Dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's good. Dan, what about you? You really going to ask me that? You guys are going to sit here and ask me that? I'm going to take a guess and say Arbiter by Hope's Fall. You might be 100% correct. And for $1 on Patreon, you all can hear our outstanding review of that record. For me, I've been listening to Nonpoint, Recoil. After talking to Rob Rivera, can't get enough of it. Yeah, I kind of missed that episode. Sorry, guys, I wasn't there. I kind of had to take a family member to the hospital. It was fun. The driving or the transporting? <laughs> oh, the staying there to 2 a.m. fun. It was, um, yeah, I just, uh, it's kind of old hat at this point, unfortunately, but yeah, it's, it's never fun taking anybody to the hospital. Well, that's all right. We had Rob come in and fill your shoes. Yeah, and I'm sure he did a more than adequate job. It's more, not like my shoes are very hard to fill. Definitely more than adequate. Damn. So apparently Rob's got a new gig. He is now the co-host of Discography Discussion. I love you guys, but I'm out. Don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and on that note, this has been episode 74 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. Right